0: I just disassociate to take care of that, so I don't have any good advice.
1: Hey, Zach. Hey, Liz. Uh super vulnerable moment. Uh hey guys. Um uh etc. Um <laughs> Please don't be mad. Liz has
0: actually the full vlogger apology set up behind her right now. <laughs> you can't see it on the podcast, but she is fully set up. Um, you know, she's got her notes app open, mm-hmm. everything.
1: I uh, my my makeup is a bit um just kinda all like it's not like running down my face, but it's like smudged.
0: Uh huh.
1: I uh I saw the thumbnail for a YouTube video in which doc m77 who is mm-hmm. on the hermitcraft server and which is a minecraft server
0: <laughs> How which I, is a video game where you place yeah. blocks somewhere
1: <laughs> uh just it's very nerdy but uh it's definitely like my favorite game and i think i'm pretty good at it and uh anyway uh-huh. the thumbnail had uh or or at least it did, or maybe I saw like a preview or something. I don't really know how YouTube works. I saw that, and I saw that Doc was standing in the middle of what looked like a, a perimeter, which is when you remove all the blocks in a certain area. And you do this for all sorts of reasons, but it's meant to be a difficult thing to do um Mm -hmm. and most of the time if you're gonna do it you don't do it by hand you um build a redstone uh, contraption that will do it for you um or at least partially for you and i got jealous i was like how dare you how dare you be good at games
0: (laughs) i didn't get a perimeter
1: well, I did get a perimeter, but it was a lot of work, and it took, like, many weeks. And
0: ah.
2: here
1: Doc is just, you know, the, this borderline professional Minecrafter.
0: Uh-huh. Is, Hand-waving uh, away chunks of time for narrative interest.
1: Yeah, and I haven't even watched the video. So um, maybe he's been working on this for more than a month, but, like, it from... uh. What I can tell, it seems like he just like threw together a permitter in a week, and I was like, "What an asshole!" <laughs> anyway, that's why I'm toxic. I think.
0: Okay, right. You don't. I'm trying to think about like where in the DSM this fits. Right. What mm. what particular behavior this is? Because this is you are, um, upset about someone else's success. I'd I'd call it that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely um i think there's also an element of like i want to be better i want to be better than doc m
0: right okay i think that's that's envy which is not the dsm that's um the bible that's where that one's from
1: god said i'm toxic not clickbait uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> committing a deadly sin <laughs>
1: anyway uh how do i um what what drugs do i need to take to make Uh, that stop happening
0: so that's yeah i think what's a little bit of what's happening there um what do you think you're gonna do about it punk um Um,
1: so like the way i'm looking at it there's like two options right it's like either i work on these feelings and i kind of like You know, I I work through this. I I, uh, re-evaluate some behaviors. I uh, apologize sincerely on Twitter via the Notes app. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, going forward, I try try to do better. Um, Or if that doesn't work out super well, I could simply get better
0: Mm -hmm. keep good
1: yeah if i just get good i think i could make these feelings go away
0: yeah no that's definitely not not a hedonistic treadmill of any sort (laughs) um i mean i've heard from a lot of uh college overachievers uh that spite is a powerful motivator and so i think if you capture this this anger and this frustration at doc m77 Mm -hmm. um you can use it to propel yourself beyond anything um he could even dream of
1: yes yes this is good i will and
0: step one is starting your twitch channel i think
1: yeah i i'm gonna put the i'm gonna put hermitcraft to shame with the Uh amount of cool things i build
0: right on my new server Hormit craft. <laughs> uh,
1: community craft. Um, <laughs> definitely have a house. Have a definite living situation. Craft.
0: Uh-huh. Homeowner craft. Homeowner <laughs> craft.
1: I'll invite Hassan. <laughs>
0: that was another one of those things that i was like on twitter and i i saw the echoes of that and i was like oh i don't need twitter yeah like for real for real
1: (laughs) gotta love it twitter um Uh so yeah we'll see what i do about that uh maybe that gets incorporated into my yearly theme who knows
0: oh yeah what's the um do you know what the thing would be if you wanted to be better, if you wanted to one-up Doc M77, mm-hmm. what would you do? How would you do that?
1: I think I would uh, start off with by calling it the year of, uh, I think the year of spite would be uh, apt. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we wake up, we think, f*** you, Doc we <laughs> we go to bed, say our affirmations, I am better than Doc M77, I am better than Doc M77, I am better than Doc M77, at least three times in the mirror, during the day, things, you know, things, and I think I can expand this thinking out to, like, more aspects of my life. Like, I really want to get good, good at cooking, but I don't always have the motivation when it comes time to, like, actually make something interesting i'm just kind of like mm-hmm. yeah, let's make pasta again but yeah. if i was like fuck you mary berry i want to be better
0: right mm-hmm. i'm thinking like maybe watch a gordon Ramsay cooking show while you cook mm-hmm. like really amp up the the tension and the sense of competition in yourself
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: well good luck processing those feelings in a healthy way oh thank you uh, <laughs> So I heard uh, recently, actually, that Doc M77 is also a futurist. Um, you might not know this, Jared. Um, but Doc M77 spends his spare time um, imagining different futures, uh, as, as people do, right? Um, you know, that's how we got uh, the internet or um, flying cars. Uh, we achieved those things because futurists first dreamed them up. And so maybe, Liz, one, one, another thing that you could do, um, to try and get back at Doc M 77 for the feelings that he forced you to feel about um, this thumbnail mm-hmm. is to um, become a better futurist than he is.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I need to be a futurist, but I can certainly like take someone else's ideas and try to like make them happen in, in real life. And then maybe we can, instead of just dreaming ah. up new situations, we can uh, get a bit closer to that and then we can dream up new and bigger situations
0: right yeah maybe the maybe the real futurism is the things that we created along the way
1: (laughs) um and one of those things that like sci-fi like your your sci-fi scientist or your tony stark type Mm -hmm. like one thing that i have is like a a personal server it's like this isn't a a computer that i can access from anywhere that can store files do things like we can just have this thing running all the time and it can make life a little easier in some situations without Mm -hmm. having to Mm -hmm. worry about google selling your data or whatever
0: right and i think the an implication of that is that like you can do the same thing from anywhere and from any device connected to that personal server.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And also you can do it the exact way you want to do it and not have to, you know, there's no trust involved. Usually there's no, um, like there's an inherent limitation of this because it, it was made by someone else and not necessarily for this, Ex- this exact use case mm-hmm. so like it has a lot of automation potential right yeah um and it'd be really easy i think i think it's like extremely achievable this is like one thing that like people people in sci-fi movies they're like yeah we we got we got this because it's just like really convenient for the plot to just like have a computer that we can <laughs> access from anywhere yeah <laughs>
0: give me the apple tv uh series we're in the middle of an episode um like high drama obviously like a Mm -hmm. ncis style show middle of the episode somebody just has to waste five minutes trying to airdrop a thing from their phone to their computer
1: exactly (laughs) Um, for the plot for the plot (laughs) so that's like that's one use case is like file sharing which is great but I feel like there's it, we there's lots of potential there. Like anything a, a computer can do, which is you know growing by the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it it, it, it it sounds interesting. It's, uh, yeah. And like I said, achievable. Something like you could, I could sit down and I I have a server. It's hosted on Linode. It doesn't have to be though. I could put, set it up in mm-hmm. my office here. And just have it running constantly. And I could, uh, like, back in the day when I wrote journals digitally, mm-hmm. one of the things I would I would do is uh, I would write the journals locally, encrypt them, and then upload them to the Clued. The Clued? And then delete the local copy. And then it would just be encrypted on Apple servers which is enough security for me. Mm -hmm. But what if I sent it to my personal server and this personal server encrypted it for me and um, I didn't have to think about it?
0: Right. I think the place that the personal server becomes useful is when it gets used as a building block. Mm -hmm. That you can... That you as a developer can write an app in such a way that it assumes a personal server exists Mm -hmm. and that it can perform operations like put a file in take a file out encrypt it decrypt it um
1: and have that be like reasonably reliable
0: yeah uh i actually have been thinking about this because of a blog post i read a while ago um by alan Worf sprock uh called personal personal digital habitats Mm. Um, which I think is the same kind of idea and he he talks about in this particular example uh, like what if you had pages and you could be like typing something up in pages uh, mm-hmm. on your computer and then you're like oh no I'm about to miss the bus and you close it down and you bring your tablet with you And your tablet has the thing still, and now you're marking it up, right? You finished the thought, and so now you're going to go back through and mark it up for revisions, Mm -hmm. get into wherever you're going, um, back at the computer now, the markup is attached to the thing, that it's just like one consistent file system Mm -hmm. between all of these different devices. Yeah. And I think we do that sometimes pretty well. There are some apps that do that really well. And the interesting place to think about it is as, like, a foundational thing. Because all of those apps that do it well re-implement the same idea.
1: Mm-hmm. I also think that, like, a, like a file system, a shared file system, it's good. That's a really good start. I think that we can do more. I don't know what the more is, but mm-hmm. I think, like, I, I'm convinced that, like, this is good for more than just like having files on multiple actual pieces of hardware
2: Mm -hmm.
0: the other place i've been thinking about it was with um spotify spotify does this really well actually that spotify has this consistent undergirding of when you're talking to your spotify account Mm -hmm. you're talking to the same Spotify account and you can pause playback from your computer that's playing on a speaker or you can turn the volume up on your watch and it's going to come out of your computer speaker louder or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? There's Mm -hmm. all sorts of different ways that things work. When I'm listening to Spotify from my phone to my earbuds, um, I'm controlling the volume and skipping and seeking and everything on my watch. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's this little like closed cycle, but it's got a a hub right now. It's got a a center, which is the phone, but the earbuds talk to the phone and the watch talks to the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think in a similar way, if the hub is just another step below, that your watch tells your personal server, we're going to listen to worrying bugs on overcast now. Right. Um, And then the server tells your earbuds... Yeah. Um, through like whatever that. relay connection it has to get to the earbuds right
3: mm-hmm.
0: or the server just tells the part of the server that knows what you're listening on right now that you're switching from spotify to overcast mm-hmm. and then relays up through to the earbuds that that is another interesting place that's not like an, an undergirding file system but it is this way of thinking about all of the devices and their connections to each other in a, in a useful manner for like div- building things that people actually want to use.
1: Yeah. And like, I think in this case, I don't, I don't want it to be like a product It does, or rather I don't want to be restricted by that. Like it doesn't need to be like a thing that I need to like put on a, someone else's server. Like it can just be my, my own thing and if i need to change something then i just change it because i have all the source code and all that good stuff Mm -hmm. which yeah i like the idea i some building something for me so yeah i'm looking for uh use cases
0: most of mine right now are file system oriented right i was like ah another one kindle that you can like read read your books on your ipad and it like syncs to Mm-hmm. And that's that's just a, a a file of to what point you are in the in the book
1: and i was thinking git and then i was like that's just files <laughs> it's more just files." Well, so that's the thing
0: that's see that's what unix has done to us it's all files right it's files all the way down
1: i suppose we could do like a it could hook into my email like a I'm I'm thinking like okay what are some like computations that it could do? Like it could filter my email for me.
0: Mhm. Um home automation.
1: Home automation could be good. Jarvis knows I'm listening to overcast so it makes the lights orange.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you make your partner um wear a A watch a jarvis watch and it doesn't do anything there's no like location or anything but it connects to the internet Mm -hmm. um it's a little photon board and all it does is it turns a different color based on what media you are listening to (laughs) it's a green a green wristband right now and that's because liz is listening to spotify Mm -hmm. just so you know just so you're informed
1: could like consolidate messages into one area like i could have like my email slack discord like all in one place. I don't know why you'd want
0: that. Well, I think a part of it is thinking about like protocols. But I think that's the way that you make it uh, a thing that you could have and that somebody else could also implement. And everybody could assume they all do this baseline thing. Is that you've got the personal digital server protocol. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a personal digital server messaging protocol. And so Slack can tell your server that you've got a message or your email provider can tell your server that you've got a message or whatever.
1: Mm -hmm. And if the server uh, gets a Slack message, then it can turn the light screen. Right. (laughs) Turn on Spotify.
0: The the point of this article, I'm going to send it to you because I really have been... Enjoying thinking about things through its lens um, Mm -hmm. is that the reason that we make an operating system and have in the past is not the main way that it ends up being used. So I think if we want to have a bunch of file systems everywhere, uh, right, and this is just, it's a shared file system and everything is just files that, that talk to each other better, somebody else can can use that and build on top of it to make uh, a different weird thing that connects to your life more than to your particular device i was thinking um what you are going to propose as far as a personal server and this might still be relevant because um, not everybody wants to go on linode and host a server or whatever mm-hmm. uh is that what if you or the server
1: i don't know what that means uh (laughs) believe it or not that is uh nonsense
0: so a a server right is just a particular way of implementing a turing machine (laughs) and a turing machine is just a head that moves over a tape and modifies it And, um, the great thing about the human body is we have plenty of tape. Uh, if you, maybe you do,
1: I (laughs) feel like I have very little tape. (sighs) What does that mean? I don't know, but, uh, like (laughs) a Turing machine has infinite tape. That's like one of the things that it has.
0: Well, yeah, right. Um, and a von Neumann machine has pseudo infinite tape.
1: Yeah. And I have a brain, which, Mm -hmm. as far as I can tell, has limited tape. Extremely limited tape. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. But the thing is, every cell in your brain is made up of DNA. Well, Uh, it's made up of a lot of stuff. (laughs) A lot of stuff. But within that, then, is the DNA.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And... So I need
1: nanobots to go in and change my DNA so that it...
0: Yeah, change your junk, junk DNA. <laughs> Turing machine. Junk DNA Turing machine.
1: I, lo- I love the idea of creating non- nanobots to create a, tur- t- a Turing machine. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make these tiny little robots with even tinier little computers in them. <laughs> <laughs> and with them we're going to make a Turing machine
0: you know there might be yeah some some issues there my my follow on thought from that was thinking about how once we have nanobots that get particularly small how do we interact with them right because they're not going to be operating at any frequency that we can control right Um, But that is a question that I think has already been answered by the books, the trilogy, the Dark Forest trilogy, Mm. Um, because they had some nanobots of a sort. And once they had two of them, they could arrange them in a particular way that they were each able to communicate with one another and then detect larger wavelength signals. Right. So that's how you do it with the nanobots is that all the nanobots talk to each other and you talk to the nanobots as a mesh, so mm-hmm. to build the the mesh with you at the center, you need to first build a mesh with the nanobots at the center
1: mm-hmm instead uh-huh why, <laughs> let's have nanobots change your memories
0: ah okay
1: I Instead of opening up Twitter, Twitter, I can just remember Twitter. I can experience Twitter.
0: Hmm. Cut out the middleman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Except where's Twitter now? Then we still need servers.
3: hmm
1: Well, surely if they can put memories in, they can take memories out. Or rather, not take them out, but, Uh, you know, read them, watch them, put them in other people's brains. What happens is,
0: if you see other tweets, and then you save your tweets as a draft, Mm -hmm. the nanobots remember, and they make everyone else also remember, the tweets. Exactly. The tweets that you saved as draft.
1: Mm -hmm. It's flawless.
0: Mm -hmm. There may be some flaws. So another thing that you could do if you had, uh, yourself as a server or, uh, maybe I guess a personal server made of metal sitting (laughs) somewhere in a rack, um, is you could choose to host your own implementation of all of the mail protocols, the email protocols, um, Jared, you may have heard of these. These are, um, kind of new fancy newfangled things, um, where we communicate with one another by electronic mail. Um, And the way that it works is you send, you compose an electronic mail. uh, You get that to your server. Your server figures out where you're trying to get that to. And then it sends it on to the other servers. And the other servers know how to listen to messages that say, hey, I'm an email message. And then they get those messages and they... Uh, give those over to the person for whom the email is intended. I know that that was a weirdly constructed sentence, Liz. Can you confirm it made sense?
1: I I think it I think it does make sense. Um, but Zach, why wouldn't we just uh, use um, Gmail? I'm not sure if you're, uh, it's uh, been around for a while. I think it was. Um, yeah, I'd say it's pretty widely used. Gmail. Uh huh. Specifically so that we don't have to re-implement email every time we want <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um Well, so the thing is they uh, are stealing your wives and your guns, um, but most of all your information. Um, and that's the thing that I really care about. That's my information. And also... Yeah, and then they steal your information and they charge you to hold on to it, right? They go, ah, ha, 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 this is my information now. And then you go, hey, here's 16 gigabytes of information. And they go, that's too much information. (laughs) And so they charge you for it, like a therapist, kind of. Um, (laughs) and
1: (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: And so now... They're stealing your information because they stole too much of your information and they've got to put it somewhere. They're charging you to steal it. Um, and it's not sitting on a server that you own and control. And so you're like, man, what if I want to put it on my watch or my phone? Um, it's not as if they have protocols to to resolve these things. But it's, it, Gmail doesn't deal with the uh, personal server protocols, the personal server mail protocols. Right and maybe if you self-host it it would
1: it's it, it could. could it could
0: no one would stop you exactly um
1: okay okay i'm convinced I, i'll re-imple- re-implement email
0: that was not my call to action there oh, my no? call to action was not to re-implement email
1: Sh- it's already done i don't
0: know what to do now what do <laughs> i do with it now well <laughs> uh i mean probably start a very lucrative career as a person who can implement the email spec in like the course of a minute or two
1: um uh, no sorry i already deleted it I, you, it took too long
0: <laughs> um so like so so do you you're not right re-implementing the email spec so you've got to get your email somehow right you get oh emails, sure right? yeah
1: right um yeah i'm probably just gonna keep selling it to google
0: okay that's fair i there there was a liz i knew who had qualms about that sort of thing sometimes
1: no i still do have so the I'm qualms not... i just i just don't care anymore <laughs> um like so it's all sorts of like really great ways to make email better like like proton mail it's just like mm-hmm. encrypted email. Awesome. It went. It, it can't encrypt it during traffic because it's not how the email protocol works. Um, but if but if storing email, um, it's all encrypted. That's real nice. Um, it's free, ish, and um, if you are sending to another Proton mail address, it'll just be encrypted the whole way, mm-hmm. which is cool, but. It's a little not super convenient because of all that encryption. Uh, it, it's not terribly, like, how do I put this? Like, it's just kind of annoying, you know? Like, it's already something I don't want to be doing. And now I have to type in two different passwords and the two factor authentication. And I, I don't know, not real into it. I'd mm-hmm. rather just, like, swipe through
0: on my phone. I just want. Mail.app to to give me the, the emails, please.
1: Yeah. So, and then I could, so I could, uh, yeah, another option besides Gmail would be to host it, do something similar, a host on your own server. You don't actually have to re implement everything. You can just, you know, get a library or whatever. And probably Ubuntu mm-hmm. comes with it, <laughs> um, these days. Yeah. Um, and that way you could, like host your own server and then but then like and then you could put it on your phone and stuff and it could be there's something there i guess Mm -hmm. um but uh you'd have to do some special things to put it on your phone you'd have to um maintain it if if anything broke um if you aren't getting emails for some reason there's like a hundred different things that could be wrong (laughs) And, like, some of them aren't, oh. aren't even in your control. Um, and also, like, it's money. Like, it's either, like, a server that's running constantly, otherwise it's not getting the emails. Because I don't, mm-hmm. I think if the, if the server turns off and you get sent an email, I do not think you will get that I think the that server email. that
0: tried to send it goes, like, this is not, yeah. This like, is not going to work.
1: The person who sent you the email will get a could not send this email message. So that's no good. Um, so either you're running a server constantly or you're paying to host it somewhere else. And yeah, it, there's a. And, and also, there's DNS. You have to do DNS. Mm hmm. Which. It, like a hundred things could break, and also DNS could break, which could break in a thousand different ways. Yes, and then, and then there's like Google, and Google makes Gmail, and Gmail's really reliable. It is. It has convenient apps, and also you can put it on, in different apps, mm-hmm. like uh, Spark. I use Spark on my phone, and it works with Gmail beautifully, and I don't have to worry about not getting an email, I don't have to worry about basically anything except for Google selling my data, which is kind of far gone at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't want to be, like, totally hopeless about it, but it is kind of a losing battle. Yeah...
0: Yes, that is correct.
1: That being said, can't do fun automations and whatnot with Gmail. Not very many, at least.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I ask not just in the interest of uh, you know rehashing the the email protocols, but <laughs> in the interest of um, I have I have my email address that I like to use, which is Zach at Jack, Mm-hmm. Um. Cause like that's me, that's, that's my name. And then a dot me. Um, but currently it gets to me by way of the hover mail servers. And then once those get the hover, once those get the mail, uh, then it forwards it onto Gmail and then I get to see it. Mm -hmm. And that could take anywhere from one to 15 minutes for some reason. Um, but I want it fast. I want to get those emails fast. And if I cannot hand them to Gmail in the process, that would be preferable.
1: Yeah. And I bet there's some, like, wonkiness with replying as well.
0: I think replying is fine. I hope. It's been fine so far. Do you reply the from The thing about email is Gmail. you can say it's from whoever you want.
1: Oh, good point. <laughs> good point. Yep. How how do you do you accomplish that, though? Like, how are you typically, uh, or do you just not?
0: Ah, so when you say send mail as, you can send mail as yourself, or you can add a new send mail as account, and it looks like this one uses TLS to connect to mail.hover.com.
1: Oh, okay. It'd be fun. It, it would be really annoying for everyone, but it'd be really fun to... Uh, have your ser- your email server uh, create a new email address every time you send an email. Just like yeah. sha1hash at <laughs> <Zach Sharp>. me, <laughs> and then just really just annoy everyone because they can't uh-huh. figure out how to send an email back to you.
0: I think that's not a not a good idea, but it certainly is an idea.
1: Well, it could also keep track of like who you sent what. So you could be like mm-hmm. Amazon gets this email account, and if they want to send me things, they they has to be a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's not a huge pain in the ass like it would be to set up a different Gmail account every time.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, So what I'm actually considering doing is to do fast mail. Okay. Um, Because people have advertised it to me. And you can use your custom domain and you just MX over to them. And they are pretty secure. As secure as you need them to be. The one thing is that, like, technically, employees can see what's in your emails if they're like you know high enough up in the tool chain Mm -hmm. not the tool chain the chain of command right because like they're sitting unencrypted on their servers um or actually they are encrypted they're just encrypted with a security key that fastmail knows that's it's still encryption i think the idea is if somebody walks in and steals a hard drive from them
1: i don't know i'm looking at bron gonwana and uh, doesn't look particularly trustworthy. What's this? Uh, I'm looking at our team and the chief executive ah. officer and director Bron Gonwana. I don't know. Although I do think I would trust Andrea uh, De Folio with my life.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and also it's a company and their whole deal is you pay them and you get a service. And th- like that is pretty straightforward. And a lot of times internet businesses are not as straightforward about what you're getting and what they're getting. Uh, and sense. I think that's pretty cool.
1: Okay, so it looks like $5 per user per month.
0: Yeah, which is, I, I spend that on coffee. I love how that's always the thing. The thing is always like, oh, I spend that on coffee. Because like, Yeah. Yes. yes, I spend that on coffee. Correct. And then I'm going to keep it. And so now food. you don't have that to spend on
1: Well, that's also fifty dollars per year. Which mm-hmm. I mean that's that's two more coffees in your pocket.
0: Right, yeah. That's a pretty big deal. I'm on a strict um, you know, exactly twelve coffee a year uh plan with my local coffee shop. <laughs>
1: i'd be i'm curious about your experience i i hope it is good
0: they don't do creepy typing predictions
1: that's a funny way to say we didn't implement a feature <laughs> a creepy feature but a feature
0: Uh huh. <laughs> and it also uses jmap which is the latest email standard interesting It's JSON IMAP, I think, and an algebra resource center. (laughs) And also, I'm pretty sure they invented it.
1: I'm into that. I I, I like
0: that. Oh, Where I stand corrected, it's not a conversion of IMAP to JSON. It is a new protocol.
1: It is, is it? Similar data structures to IMAP so that you can keep your folders and labels and whatnot
0: end-to-end encryption cool so i guess also if i if i ever want i can make a jmap client Mm -hmm. and use that does Mm -hmm. spark do jmap that's
1: a good question it's not listed as a jmap client on the jmap website Mm -hmm. nor is it in the planned or requested categories
0: Ah, but MimeStream is, so I guess I'll just have to get used to MimeStream. It looks like it does everything I would need to do.
1: It's It's not like I have
0: super stringent requirements. (laughs) Is it actually, wait, there is one thing I want, which is that it works on iOS.
1: MimeStream is a native macOS email client.
0: It works on Apple Silicon.
1: Well then surely you can put it on your iPad.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think it works that way. I think it's uh (laughs) it's a one way operation there. Yeah. Well they just released three days ago. All right. Well I'll have to I'll have to keep that in mind. I'll have to look at Fastmail. I'll have to figure out how to move my things over to Fastmail.
1: I hope it goes well. I I, I really am curious about uh, how you find everything. In, in particular, I'm curious about the the experience of using the apps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you're planning on doing for like. Like, are you gonna still support your Gmail address or? I'm just gonna yeah. move everything over to Zach. No,
0: there's no way I'm moving everything over to the, the fast mail address
1: anytime in the next year. So, are you gonna do two email apps, a forwarding thing, or a mixture?
0: It looks like it does, it does still work with, you know, whatever Apple Mail, um, like Mail.app. And so, right, probably it does jmap as an option and then also all the other ones okay maybe and so then i can just have one app with two mailboxes and i think that would be pretty neat uh
1: out of curiosity i'm just gonna open up my mail app i'm i may regret it but um i want to know how many email accounts i have put getting put into one app (laughs) at this point (laughs) And uh, this is going to take a minute because the Apple Mail app is um, loading.
0: Mm-hmm. It does that.
1: It takes a long time to launch for no particular reason that I can see. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight email addresses at this point.
0: Yeah, how wait okay wait that's a lot of email <laughs> are all of those still active or are some of those old school accounts or something that you no longer have
1: um one is an old school account for my, it was my uw madison mm-hmm. email account but i still get emails through it so it's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. i would not call it inactive but it is an old school account um, some of them are emails that I no longer use in any personal communications, but it would be too much of a pain to you know tell Amazon that I have a different email address now okay, and um also, I have uh, a couple different email addresses that are all running through the Linode server. For example, wait, what?
0: (laughs) I thought you were saying you use Gmail for all of them.
1: Well, I do, but I don't, uh, I I have the mail set up, but it's a pain in the ass. So I don't use it.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Would be more accurate, I suppose. Um, and then I have my actual email address and that's, about eight there's probably one or two other ones that that were kind of on the way from old email to current email that were all personal accounts that just like a couple things use this email and or something right. like that.
0: So you have email accounts that go through your Linode.-hmm and you mostly don't use them yes are they prone to breaking or anything
1: uh sending an email back is annoying because i don't know why but like something always seems to go wrong when i try to tell the linode to send an email
0: hmm you know linode has great documentation have you been to their 2013 guide on running a mail server (laughs)
1: No. No, I haven't.
0: Probably smart.
1: <laughs> um. So, yeah, those are mostly just, like, receiving-only kind of things. Yeah. I would like to do a email overhaul, but I think it's going to have to wait until I get my personal server working the way I want it to. Because I think that would be the okay. only way to possibly motivate me to do so. To, like, get everything sending to the correct email to like only have to reply from the email address that I actually want to use. Yeah. But also like there's some, there's some, uh, merit to like, like some segmentation in your email, like, just from like a hygiene perspective, like I actually quite enjoy that I don't there like all the old services, like all stuff I would have signed up for as an eighteen year old, um mm-hmm. Amazon, Google, that kind of thing. Like they're all going towards a Gmail account that I don't use for personal stuff anymore.
0: Hmm. Okay. I think the solution then is to have like Liz in her 20s at Liz.biz. Liz in her 30s at Liz.biz, right?
1: I can't believe you just reminded me of Liz.biz. I don't know why you would do that to me. I thought you were my friend. Oh, sorry.
0: And now a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Did you know that a common symptom of attention deficit disorder is a lack of an innate awareness of time and an inability to track its passing, also known as time blindness? This has been a PSA from The Worrying Bugs.
1: Jared, if you want to tell us that attention deficit disorder has been reclassified as ADHD uh, inattentive
0: type, (laughs) just fucking call me out why don't you um but if you don't want to do that and instead you want to tell me about all the cool ways you're going to use um your file system once it's on your phone and your computer uh you can let me know about that on twitter i'm at